Hey everyone, welcome back to the Monclova Baptist Church podcast. We're thankful that you joined us today. Hey, if you would do us a favor at the end of this episode, make sure that you follow us on our social, Instagram and Facebook, and subscribe to our YouTube channel and hit that bell button so that you get notified every time that we post new content. If you also want to stay connected with us beyond Sunday morning, make sure that you download the MRBC app on the Google Play Store or the App Store. Now let's dive in. I am glad you're here today. Thank you for last month. It was a wonderful month. I know each week was a long Sunday. We had a lot that we tried to accomplish each week. And so thank you for that. Um, Thank you for those that stayed last week and prepared. I I, want to thank all of our nursery workers and children's workers while we were in here, just enjoying being refreshed and being challenged. Um, They were being challenged as well (laughs) with... uh, kids in the nursery and young people. And so I want to thank all those that served and um, we're just so thankful for a serving church. And then last week, um, all those that helped make the uh, lunch possible. So thank you. Where, where do we, where do we go from, from here? I entitled our message today. Where, where do we go from here? I've been praying and asking the Lord not just to give us a great missions emphasis month, but once that month is over, that we would continue to be found faithful, that we would continue to serve the Lord and and see that there's a great need for the gospel of Jesus Christ around this world. And this is our generation. It's our time to make sure that we're a part of getting the gospel. I want you to pray for myself and there'll be a couple others, Paul Taylor, Heather Baker, We'll be leaving on Wednesday of this week and be heading to Poland for uh, about six days. We'll be back Tuesday of the following week. And we'll be visiting uh, two of our missionaries there in Poland that uh, working with refugees there. So we're not sure what to expect. Um, We're just, we are expecting the Lord will do a great work and allow us to minister to uh, the refugees that are there. So if you'd be praying for our safety, and uh, praying that God would allow us to uh, just be surrendered to him and um, do what he's giving us the opportunity to do. And that's to give Christ glory. Book of Philippians, if you turn there with me today, book of Philippians. I want to remind you as well, if you've not yet handed in your card, what area will you invest in this past month? Month We challenge you each week to invest. And there's a card that we've asked you, we had on your seat each week. And so I hope that you've taken that. We've asked you to put that in a place that you can see it each day and be praying about how you can invest. We did receive some back last week and throughout the month. Uh, you can place those here at the altar and come pray at the end of the service. You can put those in the offering buckets throughout the uh, back of the auditorium out in the lobby where we give our tithes and offerings. And I want to thank our church for their faithfulness uh, in giving each week in tithes and offerings, giving to the Lord. And uh, that allows us to um, uh, continue as a church, continue in gospel ministry, ministering to people here in this community and around this world. Uh, So thank you so much for that. But please be praying and uh, hand that card in. That just allows us to know uh, how to plan and prepare for this year 
uh, th- from now till next year in our missions uh, area and here in our church. Also, if you have not yet signed up, if you're interested in this missions trip uh, to Ireland uh, in uh, our trip to Israel, we need for you to sign up. Uh, if you're interested in Ireland, you must sign up by the middle of April. And that is a hard deadline because from there we have to make all the arrangements to get there. So make sure if you're interested that you do sign up and also in Israel, our trip will need you to sign up by by June. Uh, the full payments are not uh, needed when you sign up, just deposit, but we need to know you're coming so that we can make all the arrangements for those. And so be praying about that if you would please as well. Book of Philippians, book of Philippians. The Apostle Paul is in a Roman in a Roman jail. He's under house arrest. Paul has been arrested for preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's his charge. This is the reason why Paul is awaiting trial in Rome, because he was preaching the gospel. The religious crowd there in uh, Jerusalem. And then all throughout the the known world, the Jews that are there are angry with Paul because Paul is preaching uh, a message that the law doesn't save, but Jesus Christ does. He came and he fulfilled the law. He came and he shed his blood and salvation is through Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. They're angry with Paul because Paul is preaching that Jesus Christ is God. He's proclaiming that God sent his son into this world so the world could be saved. In a simple message of the gospel, Paul is now awaiting a trial. He is going to go before Caesar and stand trial for this crime of preaching the gospel. Paul is older now. His his mission strips are behind him. He's a seasoned man now. I was on my way. I took my daughter to church with me this morning. She uh, turned 16 today and she uh, asked if I remembered when I was 16 and I began to think, and I said to her, babe, that was a long time ago, long time ago, a few decades ago now. But I remember that and all the great things that come and remember when you're young and you're excited about the future driving and graduating and getting married and all of those wonderful things in school and all those things ahead of you. The apostle Paul is on the other side of his life. Paul has traveled around the known world preaching the gospel. Paul has seen miracle after miracle after miracle. Paul has seen God move in wonderful ways. Matter of fact, in this book of the Philippians in the, in the city of Philippi, This is where Paul, if you read through Paul's missionary journeys in the book of Acts, that he came across a lady by the name of Lydia and she, he gave her the gospel and her life was gloriously saved. It was thereafter in this same city that there was a a young lady that was, that was filled with demons. And she was, she she was giving, telling of the future and, and, and men in that city were making money off of this, this poor young lady that was filled with these demons. And Paul came and, and cast those demons out of that young girl. And he saw the deliverance of this young girl from these demons all because of the name of Jesus Christ. It was in the same city because of that act that he was taken and he was placed in jail. He was beaten. 
It was there in the city of Philippi that, that the, uh, uh, the apostle Paul was singing and making praises to the Lord there in that j- jail cell while his back has been uh, beaten and his body is bruised from the, the uh, beating that he just endured the night before. The jail cells opened up and Paul was freed. He saw the power of the Holy Spirit here at Philippi. That wasn't the greatest uh, miracle that he saw, that the jail cells were open, that his bonds were uh, uh, freed from him. But that, j- that Philippian jailer who, who had him beat, who cast him in prison, now was sitting at his home with his family, bowing and receiving Jesus Christ as his Savior. Paul has seen miraculous things take place. He suffered persecution. This same Apostle Paul is one that would awaken at one point in his life underneath of a a heap of stones because those that were casting those stones sought to kill him. But he was delivered from that. Paul has seen churches birthed. Here in this city of Philippi, as I mentioned, all of these that he was uh, uh, seeing God miraculous do, miraculous things in their life, now are a part of a, a church in Philippi that never even existed before this time. Now they were preaching and proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ. Paul the Aged, is he's a different man now. He's different than Saul, the one that was persecuting Christians. This is this book of the uh, Philippians is known as a one of the prison epistles because Paul now toward the end of his life through all his missionary journeys through all the miracles that he has seen God do now sits in a prison cell reminiscing and reminded of all that God has done and he seeks now to write the churches to encourage them in this gospel ministry of Jesus Christ heartache and hardship should never stop the Christian from proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is the prison epistle. Paul writes it from prison. It's written to Philippi, the church at Philippi. Rome is occupying the world. At this time, Rome was not kind to Christians. If you were to study the history of the Roman Empire with Christianity, you would find that Rome would take Christians and and when they were found preaching the gospel, they would take them and and dip them in oil, then uh, set them afire and and place them on the poles in the uh, main streets in their cities. And it was the burning of Christians that would light the evening skies so the people could see. Christians are being persecuted. It was the Roman Colosseums that were built where Christians were then placed in the middle of these great Colosseums where some 50,000 people would gather and and, uh, gladiators would come out and and, and kill these Christians. Wild beasts would come out and, and claw and kill and rip apart these Christians. All for simply preaching the gospel. And this is the world that Paul is living in. This is the world Paul is living in. Jesus is being mocked. Paul has given his life to this gospel message. He's given his life to preaching that Jesus Christ is God, that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life, that there is no way to heaven outside of Jesus Christ, that a man must be saved, and he must, by faith, trust Jesus Christ as his Savior. And Jesus is being mocked. The religious crowd has no answers. How sad it is, the religious elite of this day have no answers for those that have no hope. 
the apostles are being killed. All of those that had followed Jesus, the apostles, the disciples of Jesus, are now being killed one by one. Some are being uh, uh, tortured. Some are being crucified upside down. Some have been exiled, but they're being killed for their faith and before the following and preaching Jesus' gospel. I think the question would be fair, where do we go from here? Now, our world, our world may not be as bad as it may sound like for Christians in Rome, but there are Christians all around this world that are being persecuted for the gospel, even in our generation. There's people like us today that don't have the freedom to come and worship and freely worship in a church like ours. They couldn't take a Bible and hold a Bible in public as they're walking down a street or getting into their vehicle or walking into a building because if they got caught with a Bible, they'd be persecuted. There's Christians today that only because they believe what we believe and teach what we teach are in prison today in this generation. Persecution is great around this world. We see problems around this world. And I would say to you today, where do we go from here? What do we do? Sometimes, sometimes just going away, just, just stopping it all. Sometimes just, just walking away from everything sounds like a good plan. And if we were honest, probably at some part in our life, at some point, maybe there's some even sitting here today or watching online, you're close to that. You would say, you know, giving up, just giving up. It seems almost impossible. It seems like it's not worth it. It seems no, no matter how hard I try, it seems like it just continues to get worse. And if I were honest, giving up has crossed my mind. For some, just growing apathetic. It sounds convincing. Just simply going with the flow. Why stand against this world? Why, why, why stand against it? Why stand for what's right? Let's just enjoy the things of this world and we'll set boundaries and, and not go too far, but, 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 but living for Christ and investing all and living for him and, and going to this world and making Christ known. It just is too much. Let's just be apathetic. We won't be like the world. We'll just grow apathetic to the things of God. Maybe you're here today and you're growing apathetic in your heart. Others think this, let's just grow inward. It's, let's just isolate ourselves from the world. And that sounds like a safe plan. And so some want to give up. Some are just growing apathetic. And some say, let's just isolate ourselves and, 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 and uh, not pay attention. Let the world spiral out of control. But as long as I am in control of my life and my family, everything will be okay. But although all of this is true, Paul is challenging this church here at Philippi. He's challenging them in the middle of all of these circumstances, in the middle of this Roman civilization. The, the city of Philippi is a city that's a crossroad for the Roman Empire. It's a trade route. It's, it's, it's all the wickedness, 
all of the disgusting sin, all of the, 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 the filth of the world that the Roman Empire has to offer is found in Philippi on this trade route, on this, this place where all the world comes together. <clears throat> and it would be easy for the church just to quit. But the Apostle Paul writes here, let's look at the book of Philippi here. If you would be, we're, we're going to be in a couple different places throughout this, this book. The Apostle Paul tells us, where do we go from here? What do we do? How do we behave? What do we do with a month of our missions conference, with all of these needs, the, the Bibles that are needing to be translated? What do we do with the so many that are addicted and strongholds in their life? What do we do with all of these young children in our community that need a home? What do we do <clears throat> with all of those that are sick and physically sick around this world and also need the gospel of Jesus Christ? What do we do with all of this? <clears throat> I sat this week several times at my desk, to be honest with you, and I thought to myself, boy, this is overwhelming. Where do we start? Have you ever been overwhelmed by something so much that the being overwhelmed really captivates you and, and causes you not to do anything? Maybe in school you had to write a paper and it was this large paper that had to be written. And just the size of the task causes you not to even get started. All of you fellows out there that have your wife's honey-do list at the house, where do you even start? Just burn the thing down and let somebody else build a new one, right? Where do you start? So you don't do anything because you feel like starting isn't going to accomplish this large task. What do we do? Where do we go? Look with me, if you would, in chapter number one, Paul and Timothy, the servants of Jesus Christ to all the saints in Christ Jesus, which are at Philippi with the bishops and deacons. Paul says, grace be unto you and peace from our God and our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, for you all making requests with joy, for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. Look with, look with me in verse number six. Paul says this, being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Would you write this down, number one? Jesus will finish what he has started. Please, please don't forget that. And I, I, that, there, that, that may just sound like, well, that, that's a pretty uh, easy, easy statement. But no, listen to me, Jesus is going to perform. He is going to accomplish. He is going to finish what he has started. He isn't through with you yet. He isn't through with this church yet. Listen, I'm like many of us. We look at the way this world is going and we look at what used to be in churches. Where are the days of the great revivals that would take place? Where are the days it seemed like great evangelists would come and storm a nation and, 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 and thousands would be saved? Where are the days of the baptistries being stirred and lives being changed? Where are the days when it seems like whole world revivals are taking place? I want you to know this today, that God is not through with his church here upon this earth. And he's not through with you. 
Because what he has started, he is going to finish. And when it seems overwhelming, when it seems like it's just too great of a task, when it seems like the world is just continuing to spiral out of control, God is still in control, and God is still powerful. And what Jesus began to do, he is going to do it until he comes again. Listen, that encourages me. And for those of you today that are at the place where you say, you know what, it's just worth quitting. It's worth just walking away. I don't know if I have the strength to continue. I don't know if I have the power to continue. I want to remind you, the Bible says that greater is he that is in you than he that is in this world. This world is not stronger than our Lord Jesus Christ. You have the power because the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. Let's commit to live that out. Let's commit that we are going to allow Jesus to finish what he started in our lives. Listen to me, our situation that we're living in does not determine the outcome. Jesus Christ determines the outcome. It may seem like things are out of control. It may seem like things are impossible. I think about the Bibles that need to be translated into other languages, and I think to myself, after all of these years, there's still over 3,000 Bibles, languages that need to be translated. It just seems like, you know what? Let's just, as long as we have ours, it doesn't matter. But there needs to be someone that cares, someone that with the power of the Holy Spirit will say, we are going to get involved and do what is important to the Lord, and we're going to get the gospel of Jesus Christ around this world. I'm like you. When you look at the addicted, it seems like it's hopeless. You turn the news on and you just see people dying by the hundreds of thousands. You see the strongholds that people have. You see the effects of pornography and, 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 and drugs and alcohol, and, and, and you see the, the effects of strongholds on our nation. You see these things, and you think to yourself, there's no hope. But Jesus will finish what he has started. Jesus is going to accomplish through you and through this church, his church, what he has set out to accomplish. Aren't you so glad, friend, that we cannot do this in our strength, but it can be done with the power of Jesus Christ? And that's what we must depend upon. Paul goes on to tell this church at Philippi as Paul is sitting in this prison cell, Paul is not going to escape this this time. Paul is not going to be released. This is where Paul is going to to breathe his last breath. Paul is going to be killed. There's no more missionary journeys that Paul is going to take, but Paul is still writing this church at Philippi to encourage them. He's encouraging them with the fact that what Jesus began, Jesus is going to finish. I want you to look with me in verse number 20 of chapter number one as well. Paul, he writes this, according to my earnest expectation and my hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed that that which all with all boldness as always, so now also Christ shall be magnified in my body, whether it be by life or by death. Paul says this, all that matters is Jesus. I'm living for him. He says in verse number 21, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. But if I live in the flesh, this is the fruit of my labor. Yet what I shall choose, what not? Paul says in verse number 23, for I'm in a strait betwixt two. 
What he's saying is I'm perplexed. I have this desire to depart. This is where Paul is. You say, oh, I, I must be a pretty bad Christian if I, if I have a desire to quit or a desire to, uh, to, to be done with all this. No, it just causes you to be human. Paul's at the same place. Paul says, I, I, I've got, I'm between two feelings here. It'd be better for me. I don't want to endure this anymore. If I die, I gain. I have Jesus Christ. And Paul's there at this place, and he's considering this. He's thinking to himself, all of this turmoil and all of this agony and all of this pain that I'm living in could all be gone, and I could see my Savior face to face. It'd be easier. Paul's run his race. Paul has is, Paul is preached the gospel. Paul says, this is difficult for me. He says this, for I am in a strait betwixt two, having a desire to depart and be with Christ, which is far better. But look with me in verse number 24. Paul says, nevertheless, to abide in the flesh is more needful for you. Would you mark this down? Paul writes this. Number one, what Jesus began, Jesus is going to finish. Where do we go from here? Keep Number two, keep your focus on the opportunities to serve others. Keep your focus on the right opportunities, and those opportunities are to serve others. Church, someone needs you to show them Jesus today. Someone needs you to show them Jesus today. Oh, it'd be better if we could see Jesus ourselves. How many of you can't wait to see Jesus today? I can't. Boy, if Jesus Christ, if that trump sounded today and we were, we, we were raptured out of this place, most of us, if not all of us, would say there's nothing left here that we desire. We're going to see Jesus face to face. What a wonderful thing that is. But oh, listen to me today. Someone needs to see Jesus through you today. What do we do with last month? What do we do with the, 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 the Bibles that need to be translated? What do we do with the, the addicted that needs to be reached? What do we do with all of these children that need a home to care for them, a parent to care for them? What do we do in a world that just seems like it's spiraling out of control? What do we do? We keep our focus on the opportunity to serve others in the name of Jesus Christ. Listen to me, husbands. You still have a family that you need to lead spiritually. Don't give up. Don't give up. Church, there is still an opportunity for us to share the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. Don't give up. Don't give up. There's still people in this world that need to hear that Jesus Christ loves them, that Jesus Christ died for them. There's still people that we could be serving. There's still places that we need to go. There's still people that need to be reached. There's still Bibles that need to be translated. There's still Chris Everett's that seem like they're lost and they're, they're, they're done and they're, 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 they're too far gone that the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ can't reach them. And oh, listen to me, it was because of the kindness of a Christian that it brought him back to Jesus. Keep your focus. 
Death would be better, he says. Oh, listen to me, heaven wouldn't be better. Jesus tells of heaven. We read of heaven in the book of Revelation, this tree of gold, this place of rest, this place where Jesus is, where there is no sun needed because the Savior Jesus Christ is there. There's a place that is a place of rest, a place of reconciliation. There's a place of peace. There's a place of no more death, of no more pain, of no more suffering. But to live means we have the opportunity to share eternity. Church, are you ready to share the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ and to invest? We only have one life. This generation. Let's not lose focus, church. This world needs the gospel. As I thought this past week, something that is even going to change, I think it'll change the way I see the world, my trip to Poland this week. I was watching the news yesterday, some 2.4 million people. I don't think I can wrap my mind around 2.4 million people coming into our country. 2.4 million. They said this, one out of every two children in the Ukraine have left their country. One out of every two, half the population children Scores and scores and scores and hundreds of people that have been killed. These 18 and 19 and 20-year-olds that are being sent off to wage a war, killed, stepping out into eternity. I read an article this morning that brought tears to my eyes. It was a picture of a of Russian convoy where it was burnt up tanks and Russian soldiers scattered dead all around the tanks and as they were trying to retreat. And oh, listen to me, our cold heart would say, yeah, go get them. But as I saw that and saw those bodies and saw that these are 18, 19, 20-year-old boys, stepped out into eternity. waging war in this life and stepping into a place of eternity. And if they did not know Jesus Christ, they will be in a devil's hell for all of eternity. Wars. Rumors of wars. Crime. Check out all the major cities in our own country today and crime is on the rise. Murder rates are on the rise. I saw this just this past week. Nations that had very small death rates now in this country, major cities that, that at one time would, would be a great place to raise a family, a great place to live. And they named one city that was the fastest growing city where people were going to just because the school systems were great and the, the communities were great. Now it's those cities that had the highest murder rates in our nation. Hate. Sin. Rape. Human suffering. How many would you agree the world needs the gospel? 
the answer to all of these things is what Paul says here. Nevertheless, to abide in the flesh is more needful for you. Do you realize, church, it is needful for us as a church to be here in this generation, at this time, so that we can get the gospel of Jesus Christ to a world that needs Jesus. We can curse the darkness or we can be the light. We can get angry with what the world is doing or we can determine that we are going to make a difference through the power of the Holy Spirit, through the, through the, through the gospel message. If there is a time that we need to stay focused, it is now, church. That's where you're supposed to say amen, church. That's where you're supposed to say yes. We're not going to get discouraged. We're not going to get sidetracked. We're not going to let not needless things keep us from moving forward. But now is the time that we're going to stay focused. Now is the time that we're going to get the gospel to this world. Now is the time that we're going to see that it's better for us to be here so that the world sees Jesus. This is our generation. This is our time. Just as Esther said, for such a time as this, do you realize, church, for, the, for, the, for such a time as this, God has saved you. For such a time as this, that God has placed you in this local body. For such a time as this, God has equipped you and gifted you and is enabling you to take the, the gospel into a world. For such a time as this, I want to challenge all families to live with the gospel of Jesus Christ as the center of your family. Let's not give in to this world. Let's not raise kids that are just comfortable in this world. But let's commit that we are going to raise godly people. We're going to be godly husbands, godly wives, God-fearing, and using what God has given us to see this reach, this, gospel, this world reach with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Would you commit to that, church? This is our opportunity to magnify the Lord and live for our Savior. Chapter 1, verse number 25, Paul says this, and having this confidence, I know that I shall abide and continue with you all for your furtherance and joy of faith. Paul said, I'm going to live for Christ by living for others. I'm going to live for Christ by living for others. And lastly, would you look with me in chapter 2? <clears throat> Paul says this in verse number one, if there be there, if there, if there be therefore any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the spirit, if any bowels of mercies, he says in verse number two, fulfill ye my joy. Fulfill ye my joy. Would you write this down? Number three, seek to please Christ. Seek to please Christ. Now, number one, Jesus Jesus is going to finish what he began. Jesus will finish what he has started in you. He will accomplish this. Number two, if you'd write this down, keep your focus on the opportunities to serve others. And number three, let's seek to please Christ with our lives. What else matters? What else matters? Riches? Power? What else matters? 
Fulfill ye my joy. Live for Christ. Chapter 2, verse number 2, he tells us how. He says, fulfill you my joy that ye be like-minded. Would you please just write this list, five things that Paul gives here, and we'll be finished this morning. He says, fulfill you my joy. How can we speak, How can we please Christ? Listen to me, church. Be like-minded. Be like-minded. Having the same love. Being of one accord. Of one mind. Living in a spirit of unity. Satan is trying to do everything he can to destroy what God has ordained. You know, the two things, you can see it. The home and the church. He's getting in there and is causing such dysfunction and problems and issues. We we, we have a, a Supreme Court justice nominee that's asked, define a woman. She knows what a woman is. Why won't she? Because the home is under attack. Because the home, Satan is seeking to destroy it. And what better way to destroy a home than to cause humankind to not know the difference between a man and a female? Because God said it takes a man and it takes a woman to make a home. And that same demonic attack is filling our lives. That same demonic attack is going against the Christian home, against the church. But Paul says this, seek to please Christ, be like-minded, be of one accord. There's a time for us to be in unity. It's now. He says this, number three, look with me in verse number three. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than themselves. Oh, we are to be like-minded. Number one, one accord, unified. Number two, number three, striving together, not against each other. Seek peace. Seek peace. I talked to a young person not long ago. They came to see me and we had a great conversation. And I said to them, why are you wanting to get away from home? And why are you so anxious to get away from church? Why are you so anxious to get, to, 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 to get rid of everything that you were taught growing up? And this is what that young person said, church. If you saw the way my parents treated each other, they said one thing and treated each other the opposite. They said, why would I want to come to church with my spouse when all my parents did was bicker and fight the entire time coming to church and leaving? He said to me this, I saw my dad, I'd get up in the morning and my dad was on the couch more nights growing up than in his own bed. I I didn't have to turn on the TV or go out into the world to hear cuss words. I heard it when my parents were fighting. 
and they brought me to church and they thought that church was going to fix it. I just hung my head. And I thought to myself, there's a world that needs Jesus. And we need to seek to please Christ. That's striving together, not against each other. Number four, number four, look with me quickly here. Verse number three, the Bible says, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than themselves. Would you write this down? A spirit of humility. A spirit of humility. Look not every man, verse number four, look not every man on the things of his own, but every man also on the things of others. We must come to the place where we are like-minded, one accord, striving together, humility and a spirit of giving. This year, our theme was to invest. Having the mind of Christ, that meant this, obedient to the Father, submissive to his calling, in the gospel as our mission. I want to ask you, church, today, will you invest? Will you invest? Jesus said, I'm going to finish what I started. Will you invest? Will you keep your focus on the opportunity to serve others? And would you seek to please Christ today? How many of you would admit now more than ever, we need strong churches and strong homes to preach and live out the gospel of Jesus Christ? How many of you admit that more than ever? Church, how many of you would say this as well? I seek to be that home in that church. That's my prayer. You just finished listening to a message from the preaching ministry at Monclova Road Baptist Church. If it was a help to you, make sure that you let somebody know about it. If you need help beyond this message, make sure that you follow us on Instagram or Facebook or check out our website, monclovabaptist.org, and we would love to connect with you there and help you with anything that you might need. Have a great week, and we'll see you next time on the Monclova Baptist Church Podcast.